I don't think there's any research that actually says that it would acquire those words faster long term. No, I guess I like think- my point is more like the benefit of Anki is more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kodakata podcast. Yeah, so this week on the podcast, we talked to Justin Sung, who's a medical expert, and he makes videos about his thoughts on most efficient study methods and has a lot of videos analyzing the ineffectiveness of Anki and the limits of active recall. So we get into a pretty interesting debate on the podcast where I argue that Anki is useful for language learning, but you guys can check it out. You know what is effective? though smashing the like button so before we even get into that you know what to do guys yeah and as always make sure to be following us on twitter let's go yeah justin thanks for coming on the podcast but can you give us a quick background of who you are and where you're at today cool uh so yeah my name is justin sung i used to be a medical doctor but now for the last three years i've been working in education full-time so i'm a learning coach i help people to learn more efficiently across a wide range of subjects and Uh, different professions so yeah and i've got a youtube channel as well where i pretty much talk about that type of stuff right yeah and i i came across your channel actually because like um some of our our listeners actually recommended um us to check out this one video that you did where you talked about um the the limits of like active recall and Mm -hmm. space repetition because our podcast is about language learning Mm -hmm. and so a big part of how everybody learns languages from the people we talk to is using anki and space repetition yeah but like, what, what are your thoughts, if you could briefly, like, talk about, about so, Anki and space repetition? I think the I think one of the common things that people need to really wrap their heads around is that learning is not, like, a simple thing. It's not like there's a single solution that achieves, a, like, a single, you know, universal outcome. It's not like if you do spaced repetition through, you know, like, whatever app that you're using, it's not going to then just directly translate to mastery of a language because mastery of a language is actually a really complex thing. You need to know vocabulary, but you also need to know grammar and syntax and logic, and you need to develop procedural fluency. You need to be able to recall it quickly. You need to be able to use that knowledge in different contexts and different types of environments. Right. And what, what something like Anki does with space repetition frameworks is that it is allowing you to build some level of retention of information through purely just through uh, what's called preventing retrieval failure, which is that if you don't retrieve something often enough, your knowledge will decay. And knowledge will decay no matter what. And the idea is that if you just continue to space it, and there's a lot of research on the timing of the spacing and you know what works better and what you know doesn't, uh, but if you just continue to space it and you continue to repeat it, it will deepen this neural groove that allows the information to be stored there. The way that it stores the information is, first of all, very isolated. And secondly, it's very like brute force. So there's a lot of things in life that we learn that we don't actually need to do that level of heavy spacing for, and we can still learn it very easily. Like most people aren't doing Anki for the first language that they learn to speak. You know, unless you grew up in like some cave by like wolves and you like learn English as your first language when you're like 11, when you were discovered by civilization, you know, like people are not learning languages that way. Um, a lot of people are not learning, you know, other things in their life, like hobbies or anything else where they may actually develop a really deep level of, you know, knowledge about it. Like some people, you know, if they, if you get someone's favorite movie or like a favorite book series, there are some people that will know like which chapter of which book a certain event happened in and they can take two characters from two book series and they can create like an entire scenario of exactly how they would interact if those two characters met that's like the level of depth that they have on their knowledge and they're not going through reading a book and then making some anki cards and then before bed like 
you know, smashing through like mm-hmm. 200, 200 cards. Like the human brain does not need that heavy level of repetition to learn information. And so what the research shows is that Anki is good and space repetition is good for creating, especially short-term retrieval for isolated facts. But when we start looking at high volumes of flashcards, lots of stuff to learn over a long period of time, and then being able to actually use that that um, that information in a meaningful way, it's it really starts to fall apart. And we start seeing that really the main benefits are not coming from that. So for example, you could do like a million flashcards, but then afterwards, if you have a conversation with someone, you may still struggle. But if you were to have, let's yeah. say three or four conversations, you may actually develop more mastery than the million flashcards combined. So in that case, yeah. it's kind of like, well, what was the point of that first, first mode? Yeah, I, I would say like an argument against that is that um, the point of using Anki for for language acquisition is not to learn how to output the language through using Anki. Yes, because like, the idea is like Anki is not going to be the only source of you learning this one word. It's more like a way to artificially see the word more times, so that in your immersion, when the word comes out, you don't have to go look it up in a dictionary, which is the same thing as. Uh, space repetition because it's like the natural frequency of the word and every time you look it up to remember what that word means is is same as space repetition right yeah so would you say like in that instance anki is useful it's it's yes and no because you're bringing up a really good point is like that anki is a very specific purpose and so i agree that it can be a really good um supplement to something else but it's kind of like if you if you don't have the other thing and if that that other thing is not tuned in more you're not really going right. to get that much benefit from Anki. And, and we like, we know this, you know, we have like, like I work with so many language learners that have been trying to on and off to learn a language for like five, six years. Uh, and they have like more um, cards and they even know what to do with. And every time they take a break, they just start the cards from scratch because they never get, got to finish their deck. And they eventually get to a point right. where they've got so many things on repeat that they just give up on even doing all of them. That's you. And they just sort of start again. Um, so we know that it, it, it does achieve that, like very specific type of retrieval in terms of getting some words into your vocabulary and getting them in enough frequency. But the thing is that it's not necessary to do it in that way, right? So uh, what you were saying is that if you were having like a natural conversation with someone, there are words that are coming up. If you were to look up that word, that is not actually the same as if you were to see that word appear in flashcards through, through Anki because the context of how that information is presented to you is different. So for example, like a really, really clear example would be like your phone number. Now, let's, let's just say for your example, right, that your phone number is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Now, a lot of people, if you said that to them in like, so is your phone number one, two, three, four, five hundred six seven, eight, nine, they'd be like, visualize it, try to see if that matches the way that they understand it. And then once they have it in their pattern of like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, then they would be able to make that connection because the structure and the context and how the information is perceived makes a really big difference to how understandable and how easy it is to actually retain. So a word that comes up in just normal conversation and you looking that up in the context of using that word immediately for the purposes of that conversation allows you to retain that word much better than just purely doing it beforehand. So what I usually say is you should do it in reverse. You should be starting with conversations and doing lots of what's called interleaving, which is one of the most evidence-based ways of actually acquiring new skills, including languages, which means um, 
looking at the information, but from multiple different angles, or for example, having conversations, like for example, really common way people will learn languages is they'll start with like a very simple dialogue, uh, going to the store, asking where the toilet is, how, how, how are you, how was your day, how was the weather, things like that. And then there's sort of scripted responses underneath that. But a more effective way of doing that is don't just have the, you know, how was your day, have, you know, three other variations of asking kind of the same thing. And for each of those variations, think about two or three different ways that people may actually respond to that question and create these branching chains of dialogue that are still relatively simple, but sort of hit the information in different ways. And you can learn how the word fits in different syntaxes, how you can manipulate it, where it works and where it doesn't, you know, how it needs to be modified when you use it with, you know, other types of words. And we get that deep understanding of it straight off the bat. And then once we've done that, we can see, hey, there are a few words here that for some reason I just I just can't keep getting. I've done this interleaving and I've done the dialogue and all these words, I f- sort of figure out how, how they work and I'm confident enough to use them. I can go over to my friend's house and I can you know, talk to their parents in this language and you know, it, you know, I'll be able to hold a conversation. But these few words here just don't seem to be sticking in. That's the stuff that you should be putting onto Anki. Right, because that's stuff that has been shown that through a more efficient way of encoding the information, it doesn't seem to have stuck for whatever reason. And that could be really, really complicated. But for whatever reason, it hasn't seemed to work. So we can then just say, okay, let's try to brute force this in. And then, you know, three weeks later, it might click and be like, oh, you know, I'm starting to get it now. We can take it out of the, the, the Anki deck. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's actually like a mistake a lot of people do with Anki, which is like they try to learn through Anki. Like Anki is the method that they used to learn, but actually I think it's more effective to use Anki to, like, like you said, just remember to recall the things that you have trouble like recalling or things that maybe come up less often in, in the natural frequency of, of, um, conversation. I mean, I would actually suggest that if there are words that are not coming up high enough in, in normal conversation, that that's something that rather than putting that into Anki to begin with, we should be thinking about ways of interleaving our dialogue to give ourselves opportunities to have that come up more frequently. So yeah, I don't know if, you, if you've ever talked to anyone about or like learn about the idea of like comprehensible input and comprehensible output yeah. hypothesis. Yeah, like those yeah. are you know, two very predominant kind of themes in, in learning and the combination of like comprehensible input plus output and this idea of what's called pushed output, which is essentially, um, I don't know if again, you've heard of pushed output, but it's just the idea that instead of just getting someone to say something, you actually push them to, to output it in ways that they are uncomfortable with. And it makes them you know, find gaps and it increases these things called um, um, uh, le- like learning events, um, right. where it basically means that they are gaining ground in their learning. So if you think about comprehensible input, comprehensible output, and then having actually the, the push in retrieval, very few of those things are ticked when you start with Anki and you finish with Anki and there's not a whole lot going on. Most people will just add on like practice and dialogue and speaking just kind of sprinkled over the top of it. But it, it yeah. really should be completely flipped the other way around. Like people that have three, 400 um, cards in their um, Anki flashcard base, they should really be cutting that down to like 50 you know, 60, you know, beyond a hundred, really, if they're all a hundred new, like no, no one who can do that, who can learn a hundred new words through just pure repetition and actually hold on to that. Like after a month, 
if you don't practice it like right. every single day, you just like you're slipping on that vocabulary just like by the yeah. second. Yeah, personally, I found the best results just ten words a day, and even ten. I, honestly, ten is like you got to put in some serious time, like because even with a ten, right? Like you're probably also supplementing that with other other forms of practice. If you're just doing the ten and you're not at least consolidating that on like a f every few days or, or once a week or something, like actually trying to use the use it, then it can. Right. You know, that's well, like, yeah. Like it depends if you're talking about just like basic fluency or getting to like actually higher levels because um, there are words that you see very often that everyone knows, uh, like shows up in writing a lot that is never used. And if you if you use it in conversation or even through messaging, it's it's not a natural statement, right? So those you, you kind of have to artificially um, like increase the frequency at which you see it unless, unless um. Are we talking about like, like pretty specialized to, words or like what type of words are we talking about here? Like, like business? Like literary, like, yeah, literary words, like words that show up in novels a lot that pretty much is like really awkward if you say in real life, like descriptive words, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's like, unless you actually cram a lot of reading into a short amount of time, it's, it's like a way for you to artificially, almost like artificially hack and acquire those words slightly faster. I, I, I actually... I don't think there's any research that actually says that it would acquire those words faster at long term. I don't think there's any research that's ever actually shown that if you take words that you're not then applying and consolidating through some form of actual interleaving, that just doing the flashcards on it produces meaningful long term results where you're actually able to apply it. There's some research that shows that you can at least just do individual recall of it, but right. Um, in the absence of actual interleaved retrieval, I, I, I'm not aware of anything that actually says that right. it's, it's meaningfully I, I guess, useful. I, I guess one, one distinction that's important to make is that the, the typical flashcard that people we interview on our podcast make is called like sentence cards. Mm -hmm. So basically it would be a sentence taken directly out of context, um, like from a novel, for example, where there's only one word you don't know. So this goes in line with the comprehensible input where there's only I plus one, like one single yeah. unit of word that you don't know, and you understand it in context. So um, in terms of how, like what the card is, it's only a recognition card where you see the word and then you recall what it means and then you, and then you try to understand how, what the sentence means. Yeah. So like, this is a word that you will pretty much never need to use in conversation or in output, but you will need to know if you want to be able to read like a newspaper, for example. Yeah, sure. So. If that word is then viewed out of context, so so let's just like say that this didn't exist, like we didn't do this in the first place. And then we were just going yeah. in our daily life and then we just encountered this word in a newspaper, for example. And we saw this word mm -hmm. and we thought, hey, I don't know what this word means, right? What would be the difference between at the time of seeing the word in use, which is infrequent, seeing the word in use, not knowing what it means, looking it up, and then learning it at that time versus proactively in advance cramming through more unfamiliar words with the hopes that you would actually be able to then retain it and remember it for when you see it in these infrequent cases right. uh, wherever you're sort of, you know, getting it. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the difference there really? I would say like, the, let's, let's hypothetically say like there's a word that only shows up maybe five times a year, but yeah. every, every native speaker knows this word. So maybe five times a year is not enough times for you to actually remember how the word is pronounced and how 
what what it roughly means, right? Because if you want to know the actual meaning, like the true nuance, you have to see in many different contexts.、Mm-hmm. But let's just say you want to know a rough meaning and how to pronounce it. And five times a year is not enough. But if、yeah. you put it into Anki, you would be seeing this word like every other week, for example. So you maybe you would see it like thirty times in a year. So that that just ensures that the times that you actually see it in the wild in the newspaper, you would be able to recall it. So we're we're talking about people that have actually already like a pretty good level of mastery, and now、yeah. they're just looking for those words that are you know very 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 rare, very very specific, a very small list of words and nuanced context that they're just trying to understand. I guess I mean I wouldn't say it's like very like specific and and rare words, but more like it's beyond. It's definitely beyond normal fluency, like beyond like daily vocabulary, like people who are trying to like read novels in a foreign language, for example, or Just be like functional, like working in a in a different、uh, country, for example. Like there are those words that you would have to acquire in terms、yeah. of like understanding, just understanding what they mean. So,、um, there's an approach that I I teach to people that because、um, a lot of my students are on like、uh, work visas and stuff in foreign countries, and they're trying to get that like professional level fluency of you know this second language, and、mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't have time to just. Spend all of their time like learning the new language. You know they have other things to do, and also just like a life、right. to live, right? So,、um, what I tell them to do is to go through their daily life and their work, and every time they come across a word that they don't know, have a little notebook or something next to them where they just write down what it is, and at the time they can just look it up, and then throughout an entire week, just tally up the number of the the number of times that each word comes up. So that by the end of the week, we have like a frequency distributed count of all the different words that could be used,、uh, and th- that have come up. And essentially, what you're talking about is like something that comes up like five times a year. That's the level of frequency、yeah. where at no point would you really make the priority to learn that because there's always going to be other words that come up that are more frequent、mm-hmm. that you also don't know that are more high yield to know. In which case, I think the argument there is that. Well, you should really be learning the words that are more common first to build up your basic fluency. That becomes、right. a stepping stone to enter into more advanced conversations where potentially these more obscure words could come up more frequently. Like if you're having, if your language limited because of other areas of fluency preventing you from engaging in, I don't know, like a business negotiation where there could be very specific words being used. Well, then、yeah. the reason that you're not encountering it more often per year is because you're only able to communicate within daily life, and then actually it would be like kind of the reverse: is that you are limited because of the fact that you don't have other levels of mastery, and therefore, you know.、Um, and then at the end of the week, you just you know you just go through that list and you start with the highest frequency ones first, and then because of the fact that it's naturally interleaved, and because we had the context in it. We can go through and do that dialogue option. We can interleave it, and at that point, even if if it's still not sticking, we chuck it into our Anki, and then we can continue、mm-hmm. to repeat it. But if we're at a point where like we've got all of that covered, and the only words that we don't know now are like one word that you heard one one time like three months ago, and you're like, man, I don't know what that word means. And well, that's it could be like, like let's say like elections roll around, and then a bunch、mm-hmm. of election words. You would have to wait till the next time election rolls around that. Now you could finally like, and but then you would have to look it up again, or like, oh, tax document words. But then if you if you just、um, sort of like front loaded that, and then periodically were like keeping contact with this word like almost artificially, the next time it comes up, you have a, you won't have like a full understanding of the word, but you'll be you you'll sort of remember, oh, this means like the left party or something, for example. But、right? the the frequent like 
Because language, like words have an exponential level of like diminishing returns. Like the total number of words in a language is like, I don't know, like several, uh, like 30,000 or so. It depends on language, obviously. But let's say it's like 30,000 to 50,000 different words in a, in a language. Like 90% of daily speaking is going to be through like the most common 1,000 words or something, yeah. right? And then like 99.9% .9 is going to be through like the following 1,000. So you're, you're going to have like, 10,000 words that yes, it could come up every time that there is like election year coming up, but to be able to say like proactively that here is like a, just a list of words that come up extremely infrequently that I will need to know for like a very specific context. I mean, I don't know how that is going to mathematically scale and we're just spending hours and hours on doing these flashcards. No, I guess like day. my point is more like the, the benefit of Anki is more shown through there in those cases. Like for example, like, if you wanted to read a, if you wanted to get into investing, for example, in a foreign language, you could read a book on investing, but you would have to look up every every other word, like for the duration of the entire book, almost, even though the same words are popping up, right? But if you just kind of front loaded that by uh, maybe taking like the top 100 most common words in this in this field, and then sort of just reviewing that, you would be able to go through the book much easier, right? So you're saying that you would before looking at the material, you'd look up like a separate list of common words in the field and then front load it, do the spaced repetition on it until you get to a level of mastery where for those 100 words, you actually are able to retrieve it, which realistically 100 words, let's say, is going to take like weeks really to get a level of mastery where you've got retrieval on it. And then we go through the material and then we see it in context and then we can actually understand it at that time. I, I, I just think it's so much more efficient to do it the opposite way around. Start with the material. Yes, if you need to look up every second word, that's fine. But what's the difference between looking up every second word versus having a list of every second word that you're then just gonna you know go through repetition? At least flipping it gives you the opportunity to, to learn it in a way that is framed a little bit more naturally where the context of the word itself allows you to hold on yeah, to yeah. it. That, that's what right. I mean. Like you, you read through the book right. and pretty much like maybe every word that you see for the second time, like if it shows up two times and you don't still can't remember what it means, then you add a tonki, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that that's a lot more of an effective system. I normally say three actually. Um, so I have this thing called flashcard rule of three, where I say if you have something that comes up, you know, wait for it mm -hmm. to come up the third time before you don't remember what it is. Um, right. And there's a lot of stuff about micro retrieval and micro spacing and stuff that goes into that. Um, but in a single study session, let's say if it comes up three times and then you can add it to your Anki deck. And then when you review it, if you're able to get it right for the first three tries in a row, remove it from it. And if you mm. don't, if you get it wrong, three out of five attempts. So any five consecutive attempts, if you get it wrong three times in that five, doing more repetition is probably not likely to massively increase the retention of that word because there's some contextual element to it that is just, you know, going off. So you would do a deeper dive, like for example, looking at the etymology or where that word is derived from or something else that builds unnecessarily high level of connection with that word that would allow you to hold on it and retain it so that you're not just having that word that has been in your database, like constantly repeating for the last like four weeks and you have just gotten it on like off, and on and off and on and off and on, right. like, you know, repetitively. And that also makes me curious, like, because you worked with a lot of um, students directly, especially like maybe like medical students. So do you have any like horror stories of, of people using Anki or like misusing Anki? Dude, I've got, I've got more heart, like, 
I have people that literally like, I mean, like no joke. I have people with like serious mental health problems. A lot of it due purely to the fact that they have no time for anything else in their life. Cause they're spending like six, seven hours a day on Anki every day. They have like 3000 flashcards that they're trying to get to because what they've yeah. been told is that <laughs> space repetition is the king of all learning. That if you do more space repetition, right. your you know, success in life goes up. And they are so <laughs> right. stuck to that and they have no alternative way of studying. As soon as they take a day off, they have accumulated like 500 due flashcards that they need to get through. And that's like the only way, you know, for learning. Well, I have people that um, will be, uh, you know, like working as doctors or just professionals in general, you know, people with busy lives that have other right. things going on. And let's say they're trying to pick up a language on the side, like, um, a lot of the time it'll be if they have like a work colleague that speaks a certain language or they um, work in a particular industry where they see a lot of clientele that's a specific ethnicity or if their partners, you know, a, a different, you mm. know, speaks a different language and they want to communicate with their family or things like that. And, you know, this is probably the majority of language learners, like the majority of language learners are right. people that are picking it up on this side, you know, to casually, right, yeah, yeah ca casually. Right. And if you say to this casual learner that, yeah, you can get away with like 20 minutes a day until you learn your first 200 words. And then after that, you need to spend five hours a day on Anki, like every single day for like the next year and a half to get to that level where you can actually have like a 90% of the conversation. Like no one's going to commit to that. And they don't realize that going into it. And then, you know, yeah. So you have people like, I've got someone that's been trying to learn Spanish for like 10 years because they've just been like on and off and they take a month break and they lose the whole language in that time. Um, right. So yeah, that I think if there's anyone that's listening, that's making the decision, should I go flashcards? If, if you had to like min max this, should I just go full immersion opportunities? Cause you can get 20, 30 minutes of immersion a day. Like you can yeah. give yourself opportunities to have 20, 30 minutes of immersion versus having 20, 30 minutes of Anki or let's say even an hour. Mm. If you had to just pick, I would 100% say go with immersion and just push that till you feel like you are not getting any benefits from it at all. And purely going that route and then adding Anki supplementary later kind of as a last resort is going to yield faster results. It's going to allow you to consolidate. You're not going to get that big input of new information and that sort of structure and sort of sense of security that Anki provides. But if you actually look at your ability to navigate a conversation and your ability to engage in more learning opportunities, participate in dialogue, and therefore actually practice what you're learning and hold onto it long-term in a way that doesn't feel like tedious as hell, then you know Anki is not the way to do that. Right. It's funny that you mentioned that horror story. It's almost like a day job at that point. You just get up, you start doing Anki, and then you go to bed. It, yeah. it is. I have I have some students that wake up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to do Anki before school. Like that's oh, their routine man. is they wake up at 5 a.m. to smash out their two hours of Anki so that when they got, come home, they can do the remaining four hours. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's a loaded schedule right there for sure. You hate to see it happen. But we definitely have interviewed people who have done that. <laughs> and it's, it's actually you know pretty sad as well because it's not just for language learning. It's for everything as well. Like you could be learning science or you could be learning like math or whatever. And a lot of people will see like a new terminology and the first instinct is like, all right, chuck it onto Anki, just let's, let's memorize this right. new piece of terminology. But it's like, right. dude, if you actually just finish studying the whole chapter, there's no possible way by the end of this chapter, you're not going to remember what that term means. Like all of the yeah. time spent on right. doing the Anki and putting in your notes and all the other stuff that you think you need to do to remember it, that's probably not even going to be necessary because a week from now, you're not even going to be able to imagine not knowing what that word is. Right. And like right. having rote memorization as a last resort, I just think, 
will help a lot of people with their mental health yeah. at the very least. Right. I think there is slightly a distinction as well, though, because like for I'm sure for like science and um, like maybe math, it's more um, like theoretical concepts that you have to really understand and not really like rote memorization. But a lot of times in language learning, it's it's something like literally just how do you pronounce this like kanji? So yeah. it's it's a one to one like recollections. Like either you remember it or you don't. And in yeah, that case, yeah. like it might make sense. Or even like people who use like Anki to memorize like the locations of of uh, all the prefectures in Japan or all the states. Right. That, that's like yeah. something that I, I like, like. I I mean, hands down, I'd say that when it comes to like all the different ways that you can use Anki, language is probably top of the list in terms of it, it, it being like useful and effective in like more situations. I, I don't think there's any other situation unless you're just like literally memorizing a list of random facts to go in the chase or something. You know, like I don't think there's any other situation where it's as effective as it is for languages. But I think even in languages, it gets abused, uh, yeah, you know, quite definitely. a lot. And people are not prioritizing, you know, the immersion or the comprehensible output aspect mm -hmm. of it, and really, you know, pushing themselves with their interleaving. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess and with that Anki means a uh, Anki means a um, rote memorization in Japanese, and it was created to to for the guy to study Japanese. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that actually. You learn something new every day. But with that, Justin, I feel like you've taught everyone a lot. You I mean we've gone in so deep into the subject, but it's that time of every podcast where we get into the message to the Kodakara squad. And I know you've been raring to go and do this. You've done so much medical study. You're a doctor. And I mean, I know you've been studying for this moment to be to go and say the Kodakara message. So I'm going to put you on the spot right here to go and impart this piece of wisdom to the Kodakara squad. Uh, my, my message would just be, uh, you know, just don't put too much pressure on yourself. <laughs> that's that's yeah. my message is that, uh, you know, you can just chill out a little bit. Right. You love yeah, to like hear that. it. Hey, guys, thanks for making the end of the podcast. Comment down below if Justin convinced you to stop using Anki. But you know what time it is. It's time to go and shout out the patrons with... Cedric, Rory, Thrash, Kevin, Alan, Drew, Jack, Jeanette, Joey, Cage, Maddie, Meredith, MPSXN, Nathan, Polars, Yui, Sad Boy, Britt, Bershapen, Quaid